This is AgriPulse Drive Time, brought to you by the American Sugar Alliance, committed to a bright future for all. Learn more at sugaralliance.org. Good afternoon, I'm Ben Nully. Democrats and Republicans say trade, rural broadband, infrastructure, and climate change will be among top priorities serving on the House Agriculture Committee. Speaking on an AgriPulse webinar earlier today, House Ag Subcommittee Chair Abigail Spanberger of Virginia says climate change is a significant issue that needs to be addressed, but says farmers should not be nervous. Some of the reasons that producers may get nervous is because oftentimes their livelihood is brought into the conversation as the culprit. And I would argue that that is not a fair assessment. In our district and across our subcommittee, the Conservation and Forestry Subcommittee, we are focused on how producers are actually part of the solution. Republican Dusty Johnson of South Dakota cautioned Democrats on moving too aggressively with farm policy and infrastructure as ways to advance their climate agenda. Abigail was exactly right. I mean, producers are a huge part of the environmental solutions of the future. And so there is a lot. I don't want to insinuate that that, uh, being good stewards of the environment is a partisan issue. It's not. But we need to acknowledge that some of the tactics, some of the tools, some of the policies on the environmental side can divide Congress in a way that, frankly, just building good highways does not divide Congress. Association of Equipment Manufacturers Kip Eideberg says Congress must think bigger in terms of infrastructure. We got to stop thinking small when it comes to infrastructure. You know, it is about roads and bridges, but it is about our quality of life, ultimately. And it is about creating more jobs for more young people. You can watch the entire conversation at agripulse.com. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by the American Sugar Alliance. America's sugar producers are committed to a bright and sustainable future for us all. This is made possible by America's no-cost sugar policy. Learn more at sugaralliance.org. Extremely cold temperatures are putting pressure on livestock and some winter wheat fields. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says this cold period most of the U.S. has been experiencing will likely peak in intensity this weekend. We could see sub-zero temperatures extending all the way southward into central Texas and into the Mid-South, possibly onto the Ozark Plateau. So we've still got a few days ahead of us of this extreme cold, which has featured temperatures in the minus 20 to minus 40 degree range at times across the northern tier from Montana into northern Minnesota. He says the cold temperatures are stressing winter wheat uncovered by snow. They're not major production areas, but we see some significant gaps in snow coverage across northeastern Montana and the western Dakotas. Those areas with full exposure to the bitter cold, which has been ranging many nights from 20 to 30 degrees below zero or lower, that does not bode well for winter wheat that in some cases has already been stressed by drought. Rippey says livestock producers should brace for another week of sustained cold temperatures in the plains and upper Midwest. In cases like this, uh, the animals, a lot of the energy goes into just staying warm as opposed to gaining weight. So producers find it difficult to actually have the animals gain significant weight as they'd like to see during these spells of cold weather. The Oklahoma Farm Report says some livestock auction markets in that state have closed this weekend and early next week as a massive snowstorm is set to blow in. A new study finds the renewable fuel standard far exceeds greenhouse gas emission reductions than originally projected by the Environmental Protection Agency. The carbon accounting firm Lifecycle Associates found the use of biofuels through the RFS between 2008 and 2020 resulted in a cumulative savings of 980 million metric tons 
of carbon dioxide equivalent greenhouse gas emissions. Renewable Fuels Association President and CEO Jeff Cooper says the report shows carbon intensity of corn-based ethanol is now 45% below the carbon intensity of gasoline. One billion tons. Uh, that is quite uh, substantial. It's, it's far more than, than EPA uh, ever predicted the RFS would do in terms of greenhouse gas emissions reduction. The authors attribute ethanol's shrinking carbon footprint primarily to improvements in the corn ethanol production process, growth in the use of low-carbon biogas as the processed fuel, and the elimination of coal as a thermal energy source for dry mill ethanol plants. Cooper says this study is consistent with recently released research by Environmental Health and Engineering Incorporated that showed GHG emissions for ethanol are 46% lower than gasoline. That's all for today's Drive Time. For the latest agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. In Washington, I'm Ben Nully.